Welcome to the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. Today, we are joined by Brian Rafferty, Director of Brokerage at Capacity and Service Solutions. Welcome to the summit, Brian. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to get into this. This is the question um, that everybody has at the top of their mind, and that is, what is 2024 going to look like for the 3PL and freight broker space? So, uh, you know, Brian, hope you've got your crystal ball ready today. Yeah. Um, before, <laughs> before we get into your uh, fortune teller ways, why don't we get some background on you and kind of how you got started at Capacity and Service Solutions? Sure. I've been in the logistics industry for about 35 years. Uh, originally started with a family business, um, continued on a couple of different stops. Uh, that business was Canyon Logistics. Moved over to um, uh, Transplace, and when Transplace got bought out by Uber, uh, I was running their Chicago uh, brokerage operation. Uh, I just thought it was probably best to kind of look around at that point. And um, Mike and Gene Regan, who own Capacity and Service Solution, um, have a very good reputation in the industry. So I uh, looked at uh, that and um, have been here for now uh, a little over a year. Awesome. Um, I feel like at some point in time, everyone has to have touched Transplace slash Uber Freight within their <laughs> logistics career, myself included. So yeah. it's um it's it's like a, it's like an honorary rite of passage. There you um, go. So uh, I hope your crystal ball is charged up and ready because the first question I have for you is, what's going to happen in twenty twenty four? What is your big prediction? What are some things to watch out for? What do you predict to see in the lands and the whole industry? Well, I'll tell you, I don't know if it's necessarily a big prediction or not. I'm sure everybody's probably thinking the same thing. Really, a couple of things that I think of is, one, you're going to have to be agile. Um, there's so many different market trends going on right now. Um, you know, rates have slipped. Um, economy's kind of gone in the tank here. Um, so everybody's kind of wondering what's going to happen in the first part of uh, 2024. Um, and they keep pushing that prediction back to, you know, when's the economy going to come back? Uh, the other thing is, you know, where do you put technology into um, play? Um, I think you're going to have to really invest in the technology side because customers are demanding it. So um, you don't really have a choice if you want to become or maintain your spot in the market for 2024. Absolutely. I think that uh, if we've seen anything, you know, over the past few months with those um, the technology companies that are rising to popularity and having a lot of success, you can really kind of see what customers are clamoring for and what they are wanting out of their providers and their partners. Because um, I don't think anyone's just going to settle for, yeah, we'll move your freight. Yeah, no, that's not uh, happening anymore. We've had numerous customers over the last, uh, say, six months really asking for more visibility, Um you know, what are we doing? Where's my freight? Um, you know, and technology plays a huge part of that. Um, you know, that being said, we also can't, you know, discard the, um, we saw what happened with Convoy. Everything was, you know, no touch by humans. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, I think that's going to have an effect also because I think that people um, in the logistics industry are going to see that and realize hey, this is still a people-driven industry um, in a sales kind of organization. That's something that we've been talking about a lot, kind of, that's kind of been the underlying theme through a lot of the conversations this year is that, you know, logistics and transportation is a relationship-based uh, 
like it just it, it is it relies so much on those relationships it relies of you know you being able to call someone and say hey i'm in a bind can you get me out um because that goes a lot further and works a lot better for um within the space because you know you can't just algorithms don't necessarily understand how to get you out of a bind exactly there's there you know there's no two same phone calls in this business every every single time the phone rings it's something different um and it could be a good news it could be bad news but it's something different for sure it could be here's 500 extra loads for the year have a nice day or hey get a truck on fire on the side of the road um good exactly. i'm not making that delivery <laughs> that is exactly correct yep correct so touching back on some of those technology points and everything that um you had brought up how do you kind of foresee technology evolving so shippers are already kind of asking for more visibility tools um but what kind of automation or even ai what kind of role is that going to play kind of moving forward in the 3pl space well i think the ai part of it is yet to be seen really it's it's such a you know new to everyone you know everybody's using different forms of it um i do think it's going to play a huge role i just not sure how that's going to play out but i do think as far as technology um the you know everything from warehousing, uh, robotics, and things like that, to um, you know simple things like um, you know better uh, visibility, better tracking. Um, you know, I think that is going to come into play now. Whether that's outside services or internal um, IT work that you have on your own staff. Um, you know, it depends on what your situation is. You know, obviously some of the larger brokers, um, can afford to maybe do that in house, um, where, you know, a smaller, uh, mom and pop 3PL may be able to just, uh, provide some kind of outside service, you know, whether it's a, um, um, you know, P44 or something like that. I think the first time that I saw technology really like, helping out and i realized the the beauty that is some of those automation tools is something as simple as simple as like those check calls and those those track and trace options where you can just send a text or you can just send a ping to a driver and that automatically updates it my first job in logistics was sitting there calling driver like a list of drivers saying where are you when are you going to get there and i was like i could have saved my entire morning just doing it and then calling the people who didn't answer I could have saved so much time and stuff like that, that I'm like, I think those little improvements that aren't necessarily like, you know, massive undertakings or like millions and millions of dollars to implement. I think those are going to be some of those quickest wins to maximize the amount of, uh, you know, human capital that you have. So that way you can make their job easier and make them handle the exceptions, which obviously technology is never really going to be able to handle. Absolutely. And everybody, you know, in the 3PL space is always looking to save that little bit of extra money. So whether it's um, eliminating, you know, capital as far as, um, you know, employees or whatever, um, by using this technology, you're going to get better, accurate uh, information as well. Um, not just, you know, hey, he says he's on Interstate 80 or whatever. Um, you're actually going to see where the truck is. Yeah. And it's going to be able to feed into other stuff, which is going to give your customers more of what you want. And really, it just kind of is like a win, a win on top of a win on top of a win. Um, so going into winning, uh, something that is kind of newer to the landscape is 
those environmental and sustainability and kind of those ESG initiatives. That's something that really hasn't been a huge factor in the 3PL space pretty much kind of ever. Um, so what kind of challenges are 3PLs going to have and how are some of the easier, not necessarily easier way, but the best ways to kind of overcome those as shippers are starting to demand more, you know, carbon visibility or other stuff like that? Yeah, I think the the big thing, and like you said, it's kind of a new in the space. Um, I do think the one thing that we really need to do as an industry is collaborate on those things. In other words, where are we seeing opportunities uh, for this, you know, whether it's um, efficient equipment, you know, the trucks or, um, you know, some of this electric, you know, vehicles, um, whether that becomes a sustainable thing in the in the industry is yet to be determined. Um, we're, we're not even sure it's sustainable in the car market, let alone, you know, the truck industry. So um, there's there's some of that going on, um, you know, driverless vehicles, all that all that kind of stuff that um, is kind of new to the industry. And I think the only way it's really going to work is if there is some kind of collaboration throughout the industry, whether that's in um, just our individual um, organizations or all the way up to, you know, things in Washington. Hey, you know, we're going to mandate something like this. Um, we saw that years ago with, um, for instance, things that California did with um, trailer sides, you know, um, trying to save fuel, things like that. So I think it's it's more of a collaboration effort overall to see where this is going to lead to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, scope three and part of scope two emissions, you can't, even report on correctly without your partners knowing, like without having strong partners also reporting on these kind of things. So I think really working together is the only option there. And it could be something as simple as, you know, oh, I have like just kind of opening up some backhaul lanes or seeing the visibility there so we don't have trucks on the road. Um, I mean, as flashy and wonderful as electric vehicles and autonomous trucks and all that, as much as we love that, like that's, those are great. And I would love to see those, you know, in practice, but we're still a couple years away from those being on the road all the time. And those are like the main things. Um, I think a more achievable thing that something can, that someone can like take as a, as like a thing, a goal that we're going to accomplish for 2024 is more of that, you know, reduce our empty miles or even just start tracking our empty miles. So we have a benchmark. So um, I'm I'm calling my long shot for 2024 and saying it's going to be a strong benchmarking year in those areas because a lot of people they you need to know where you are to know how to improve. So um, that's that's my long shot is everyone's going to figure out some reporting and some tracking tools that they can then use to you know re- reduce it down. Well, again, that kind of dovetails back to what you were talking about of, as far as the uh, I you know the IT end of things. Uh, with all the data and al- analytics, um, it's very important. I mean, there's industries that have completely gone over to um, using data, and I think um, logistics may have dragged behind a little bit on that. Um, for instance, professional sports, um, you know, they have really gone to, you know, data and analytics, um, which I know you probably could use some of your – with your uh, fantasy football that we were talking about. So, you know – um, that's how that's provided. So that's the same thing in, in the transportation industry, I think is going to be very important. Um, being able to provide that information for leaders to make those decisions. Absolutely. I think it's one of those where, um, 
you know, you don't uh, you don't have to know exactly how this driver performed on a Tuesday in the afternoon when it's rainy against this specific highway. Like you don't have to get as into the de- the details as baseball, um, but just you know, knowing you know a driver's on time performance or a carrier's willingness to accept loads. I think that's going to be something that's very um, important moving forward, especially when it comes to more or enhanced KPIs that shippers are inevitably going to start asking for. Correct. Yep. Absolutely. So we have a little bit of time left, which means I got one more question for you. So one of the things that we've seen, it was it really started with the pandemic and it's kind of continued to escalate. And that's kind of, you know, that that inter- that global supply chain really starts getting interrupted when we have trade interruptions and then tensions within different parts of the world. Um, what are some of those things that a 3PL can do to prepare for supply chain disruptions as a result of, you know, maybe another pandemic, geopolitical changes, regulate regulatory shifts? What are some of those things that, you know, result in that agility that you talked about earlier? Yeah, I think one of the things for sure is to talk to your customers. Um, we're constantly um, at Capacity Service Solution. We're constantly talking to our customers um, about, you know, hey, it, be prepared for disruption. Be prepared for, um, you know, the next hurricane or the next um, war breaking out or whatever it may be that there's things that are going to be affected. Obviously, the economy, um, you know, towards the end of 2024, we have a presidential election. What effect is that going to have on whether the economy or um, supply chain disruptions or any of that kind of stuff? So it's very important to discuss it with your customers, figure out where you're going, what they're what they need to do. And really what they need to do is diversify their suppliers, um, not just use one supplier. And if that supplier is shut down, their whole business is shut down. Um, they really need to, you know, investigate that and make sure that they're using various suppliers for their, their equipment. Um, you know, and it's obviously that goes into the agile supply chain strategies. So, you know, not only do we have to be agile as brokers or 3PLs, but also the customer does as well. I really like that approach because, I mean, it's something that we've seen with the recent increase in nearshoring to Mexico and, you know, changing some suppliers um, as a result of, you know, everything that happened at the West Coast ports last year. So I think that I think that kind of woke everyone up and everyone's paying a little bit more attention and coming up with those backup plans that you hope to never have to use, but you like having in the back pocket just in case. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So if anyone wants to find you outside of the summit today, where can they find you out? Where can they find you? I am on LinkedIn, uh, Brian Rafferty with Capacity and Service Solution. Um, also, you can reach out to me at uh, uh, Rafferty Brian at Transact. Uh, com, T-R-A-N-Z-A-C-T. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. That's all we have for today. Uh, enjoy the rest of the summit. Thank you.